0: welcome back to the jamie j podcast this is your host jamie j and today we're going to discuss customer service not just satisfied customers but what is it that makes an absolute raving fan with that said let's kick off the music All right. Welcome back, everyone. So over the weekend, uh, my wife was off and running. She was getting some work done on her nails and all that sort of stuff. And I had some time. So I picked up a book. It's called Raving Fans. It's by Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles. Now, what struck me about this book, first of all, was it's not very thick book. It's a super simple, easy to read book. One of the things that I work with when I'm working with Tony Robbins is I'm always looking to create raving fans. Not just satisfied customers, not just happy people, absolute raving fans. Now, there is a formula. To be able to create that. As I'm reading this book, as I'm going through it, a lot of things are really popping out. Now, something I want to share with this book, it was written in 1993. Now, for all of you old timers out there, kind of like myself, you'll remember that one of the big first graphical user interfaces with Windows was Windows 95, right? It was one of the big ones that really launched. This came out before that time. I want to read you a little bit of what's in this book here, because it really struck out to me. You know, when when Ken and Sheldon, when they put this together, the thoughts, the ideas of what they included in here were really beyond their time. So let me, let me give you a little read here. Well, if you just take a seat at my desk here, I'm sure I can save you some money and some time, Judy said with a smile, gesturing to a row of small, neat desks, each with a computer terminal on top. The area manager started over to Judy's desk and turned to say something to Charlie, but Charlie wasn't there he spotted him seated by the door, having his shoes shined. The sign above read, may we polish your shoes. Under that, in large bold letters, was the word free. I bet shoe shines are popular, the area manager said to Judy as he sat down. That was Debbie's idea, replied Judy. Most of our shoppers are women, but often husbands come along to help. So Debbie suggested we give them a gift. And you're right, it's been popular. So popular, in fact, Debbie was promoted from stock clerk to cashier. Of course, she was provided raving fan service on the floor, too. You ha- you have to at Sally's, or you don't get promoted. Now, if you read me your list, I'll punch it into the computer, and we'll see what we've got. I've memorized the code numbers for most items in the store, so you can read the list fairly fast. The area manager took her word, and Judy's fingers seemed to fly over the keypad as she entered each item. That's it, said the area manager as he read off the last item. Beside Judy, a printer presented his list. Let's have a look, said Judy, as she slid the printed list across the desk and turned it around so he could read it. Using a pencil as a pointer, she explained, to start with, the computers reorganized your list. If you follow the yellow arrows woven into the carpet, the items you passed first are at the top of the list and so on to the end. Next to each item is a recommended Best Buy. When you gave me a brand name, it shows, along with a cost per unit or per ounce, and if that's not our Best Buy item, the list gives you a comparison. I see that, said the area manager as he studied the list. But what are these items with the star? Those are sale items not on your list. As you go along, the stars will alert you to look for good deals. Like strawberries, asked the area manager with a smile. Absolutely like strawberries, said Judy, pointing to one of the stars on the list. Then, moving her pencil across to the right-hand side of the list, she added, The stars on this side alert you to items with excellent nutritional value. If there are any squares, here's one beside margarine, they warn you of items with little or no nutritional value or high-fat content. The number here, on the far right, shows the grams of fat and the percentage of calories coming from the fat. The Heart Association and the Cancer Society both recommend that overall you keep fat calories to less than 30% of the total calories on your diet. Wow, I can see why there's a square opposite the the margarine, exclaimed the area manager as he discovered 100% of the calories came from fat. Yes, it's got about the same nutritional value as engine oil, laughed Judy, but I still like some on popcorn. Here's what's great about this. What this store, what this fictional or non-fictional store did, was absolutely set the bar, set the standard for what raving fan customer service looks like. All too often these days, it's my belief, and I want to share a little bit about this here, that we have somewhat of a customer service crisis. Gone are the days of really getting that absolute connection, that walking in the store. Hey, we can still get it through Walmart. Yes, we've still got the greeters and all that. And for the most part, is it really that connection? Now, I just read something last week or the week before where Walmart's looking at eliminating a lot of these positions, those greeters. Where's that customer service going? Think about this in your own business where do you have to step up above and beyond to create absolute raving fans here's something else who are your raving fans to me there's two people there's two not just two people but two groups of people that are your raving fan customers number one and you might not have thought of this or maybe you did it's your internal employees it's your staff If they're not absolute raving fans of what you do in your business and how you do it, what's the likelihood they're really going to transfer that over to the clients and customers that you're in the process of creating raving fans of? Well, the answer to that is pretty simple. If your people, if your employees aren't a raving fan of you, why would they ever even think to be, you know, to share that information, to get the clients who are coming in to be in that state of being a raving fan? So what does that look like? Well, number 1, we have to understand a couple things. We need to know first of all what do our people want? Right? We've got all these people working for us. You know, is it simply just because of the check? Is it is is it the paycheck or is it something more? Is it meeting some sort of need can we meet their needs. How do we know what their needs are? The answer to that is quite simple. I don't know when the last time you took a look at one of your receipts is, but chances are on the bottom of that receipt, you'll notice that there's a survey. Most receipts have them these days. What we like to call those in the professional industry are employee engagement surveys or EOS. When is the last time you asked your employees what they really thought, what they really wanted, and what's been preventing them from achieving what it is that they want. Couple key things there. What do they want? What do they need? And what up to this point has been preventing them? Now, we might not have those answers right away, and this is where we reach out. This is where we leverage people who know we can work with different companies, different groups, business coaches, whoever it is, but when you get those answers, you have to take some sort of action on them. If we simply take all the input from our employees and do nothing with it, very, very, very quickly, you will begin to build the culture of, oh my God, don't waste your time with the EOS. They don't do anything with it anyways. We want to do something quite the opposite. We want to take action on what the, what the top items are. We're going to get those in order. We're going to find out where are the challenges, are we seeing patterns? Are we seeing trends? What's important to some people these days? Flexibility in their hours. Gone are the days of the, you know, the the, the single person working with the one person at home, whether it's mom, whether it's dad, whatever, you know, looking after the kids or whatnot. In most situations these days, both parents are out there working, you know, rents are high, all those sort of things. What does that cause? Sometimes that causes a need to have flexibility. What happens if one of the children gets sick? Fever. You know, Kids can't go to school when they've got the fever. Someone has to be able to pick these children up, do something like that. Flexibility for some people is critically important. Now think about it. As a business owner, what could you do to build more flexibility into your schedule? That's pretty simple, right? It's not a big challenge. It's not a big uh, issue at all find that time, right? okay maybe instead of showing up at you know nine o'clock when you normally do, you had to take a couple hours yesterday, great, take the hours yesterday, show up a couple extra hours longer or you know work a half hour over the next four days, an extra half hour over the next four days. Flexibility is something that's key. if your employees are having to come to you to beg to you to get that time, maybe something's wrong. Maybe something has to be changed. What else? What else you know are employees really needing? Maybe it's a different pay structure. Maybe it's something where it's more commission-based. I had an idea with one of my clients here recently to revolutionize her uh, front reception type position. And I said, what would happen if instead of a standard receptionist, you took maybe someone in that had some sales background? She looked at me, she go, what? Sales background? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? I said, no, think about it like this. You've got certain tasks that need to be done. Those tasks are not typically getting done. What are some of the tasks? Making phone calls, filling up the existing appointments, you know, jostling appointments around. I said, what if, what if for just an example sake, you had someone in there that every time they jostle an appointment or they filled it up or meet, you know, met a certain level, i.e., you know, 90% fill rate or something, they would receive a bonus based on that. She's like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. And yes, it's a radical departure from what we might consider a typical receptionist. Can we train some of those skills? Yes. Now, we also have to have the time to be able to train it. So if you're going to do a radical move like that, bring in a different position, bring in something that is, is, a, is a, basically a, a pivotal shift from where you are, you have to be prepared to put in the time to bring that person up to speed, because they might not have all the skills they need, have something in place. Now, if any of you have ever coached with me, you'll know that I always talk about standard operating procedures. What do we have to do? We have to set the procedure out that sets us up for ultimate success. It can't just be willy-nilly. We can't be all over the place saying one thing to Bob, another thing to Sally, another thing to Jeff. We have to have consistency. Think about it like this. If you were to leave or you won the lottery or something like that, could you really step away from the from the job or could anyone step away from the job and someone could come in and pick right up? Yeah, there's going to be some training time. And when there's that standard operating procedure manual, someone can pick it up and they've got a guide. Same thing if you're expanding your business. Have those pieces in place. Now, we've talked a lot about creating raving fans from an internal perspective, Let's talk about raving fans from an external perspective, i.e. our customers. As I read through Ken's book, you know, raving fans, it really dawned on me that satisfied customers, satisfied customers don't get the job done. They simply don't. Satisfied customers, they might come back, they might not. Think about this. What does it mean to be a raving fan? Well, what are raving fans going to do? They are going to go out and they are going to rave about your product or your service. They won't stop talking. They're gonna share all the great things from that and in turn, what's gonna happen? You guys tell me what's gonna happen. Of course, new customers are gonna come because of that. What would happen if instead we doubled down? What if we went above and beyond? Remember when I read from the book here, uh, the free shoe shines, right? Who would think to have something like a free shoe shine in a grocery store? Well, maybe not a lot of people, but they did. It's something radical. It's something different. Where can you provide additional service, additional value to your clients? Think big. The other thing. What did I say about internal? We want to ask them, can we do the same with external? Yes, absolutely we can. Now, I mentioned the surveys at the bottom of the receipts. That's one way for sure. Other ways, we can straight up ask them. We can make some calls. We can thank them, you know, for the service if we've got that information, right? A lot of us, we have our, you know, our systems to be able to track our people, right? Our customer management system, CMS and all that. Let's go in. Let's start following up with some of these people and not to sell them something. Forget about the selling. I have, I have a really different belief about selling. And I believe that when we provide absolute extreme massive value, the sale will happen. Yeah, sometimes we've got to ask for it. No question. But when you've created that rapport with your customers, when you've made that connection, simply by calling up and saying, hey, you know what, Joe, thank you so much. I noticed you were in the store the other day. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to see you. I really wanted to follow up and thank you for that, for that purchase. It was amazing. And if there's anything we can do to service you along the way, please don't hesitate to reach out. How far do you think that would go? Especially if it's coming from someone of, of, of a higher position, i.e. manager, director, uh, owner of all places. Think about that. What else do they want? What else do they need? In that conversation that you're having with them to, you know, basically thank them, you can also ask the question, is there anything that we could have done today to improve service even more? What would make your experience even better? What would make it easier for you? One of the biggest things that I like to jump into is time. I am anal with time. I'm going to admit it. Yes, I am. Time is a big thing to me. I don't like to be late anything that's going to effectively give me time back, i.e. save me time, is something that I'm going to find of massive value. Now everyone's different. That's one of those things that matters to me though, is time. Where can you perhaps give your client some time back? Where can you inject some extra time into their day where they're like, wow, I got so many things done. Is there extra services you could bring in? Is there people that you could work with whereby, um, okay, let's pick on auto detailing for a moment. Um, You know, say you've got your car, you want to get it auto detailed, there's a bunch of things that you need to do. That auto detailer, if they were to go ahead and say, hey, by the way, did you need an oil change? Are you up for this? Are you up for that? You know, did you need anything else done while it's here? Because we've got it. Can we provide you any extra value? Now, I get it. This auto detailer, they don't do oil changes. I totally understand that, and nor would they want to. But the quick lube, that's right down the street. Nothing's preventing them from calling up the quick lube and saying, hey, you know what guys, I would love if we could create some business back and forth. You know, your clients that come in that maybe get some more stuff done. We'd love to offer you a special package for detailing. And in turn, could we do something whereby we bring some of our clients down to exchange services to get their oil change done? So it's a one-stop shop. Ultimately, that's a win-win. Is it a radical departure from some of the regular thinking? Maybe it is. And maybe that's exactly what we want and exactly what we need to create some of those raving fan customers. Think about it for yourself. Where do you, in your business, need to make some radical shifts? How can you do it? What could that look like? There's plenty of free tools out there. Some online forums, some online uh, questionnaires, WooFoo, you know, SurveyMonkey. There's a bunch of different things that you can utilize to get those answers to you for us to guess, you know, for us to simply think we know everything that a client wants, I think that's a bit of an audacious uh, statement. I don't believe that we know everything that what everything that a client wants and we can go and figure it out. We can ask the questions, we can get curious, and when we do and when we make these changes, we have a radical difference, we have a radical impact. Here's the other thing. Sometimes a lot of information is going to come in either from your internal people, your internal raving fans, or your external clients, your external raving fans. Do we have to act on all of it? The answer to that is no. Some things are going to be extremely far out of our scope Uh, to, to go to the dentist office and say, oh yeah. And by the way, can you change my oil in my car? I'm sorry. That's, that's way too far out of scope. That's not something that's even realistic to think about. So we do have to reject some of those ideas. When we find the ideas that we want, and and maybe this is a trick question, do we go ahead and start to implement them all? What do you guys think? The answer is quite obviously no. We're not going to implement everything at once, but we are going to go ahead and implement one thing at a time. Everything builds on that. And when you start with that, when you let people know, you create massive opportunities. Number one you're creating even more opportunities for that customer to come in. Number two, you're creating a ton of social media content. Hey, it's Joe's Lube Shop, and guess what? We now offer detailing. If you're bringing your vehicle down, you need a tranny service, you need this, you need that, guess what? We can also get your vehicle detailed. We are your one-stop shop because we wanna save you time and we wanna make it simple for you. Think about that. Where can you save time for your clients? It's one of those things. Make sure it's in the wheelhouse implement it utilize those implementations to be able to promote your business out there guys this just scratches the surface this is really only a small part of it the best thing that you can do is start to ask get curious ask your people inside ask those clients that are coming in you know what would take your experience from a 7 or 8 up to a 10 or a 12 or a 15 what would make it absolutely incredible remember you're not going to do everything some things are just going to be out of the wheelhouse And when you start to find the patterns, because there are patterns, of what people want, what people need, and what really prevents them from getting it, when you crack that code, you get to gain even more clients, even bigger client base, and watch your profits skyrocket. I'm curious to see your thoughts. If you've got any questions today, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at jamiej at the jamiejpodcast.com. Until next time, I'm looking forward to hearing back from you. Have an absolutely amazing, incredible, outstanding day.